Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode and I think you guys are going to really love it. It's going to inspire a lot of you guys and I think, yeah, a lot of you will really relate to um, Cliff, Cliff Notes and his story and kind of just everything in the podcast. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen. Um, As far as life updates and everything, (laughs) I don't know. I honestly don't even know. It has been such a wild ride these past, I don't even know how many months it is at this point that I'm just kind of like flowing with it all and the world is also pretty crazy. There's just like way too much going on. So just to be real with you guys, um, yeah, things are kind of intense and chaotic and just trying to like wade through a lot of a lot of different things right now. Um, so if you're kind of in that space, you're not alone. Um, there's other people feeling this for sure that I've met and I think we're all in kind of a interesting headspace right now with some of the things that are going on with COVID and the Delta variant kind of coming back and just like some other things going on in the world just in general and it seems like a lot of people are just um, in transit and in transition right now so if that's you I just want you to know you're not alone and I'm just like holding your heart and all of that and I feel you and I'm I'm just I'm there with you so you're not alone but um yeah, I think that's the main updates. Kind of as always, I feel like I have exciting things coming. I'm just kind of waiting to get more kind of messages and figure out where I am going next or how long I'm staying here to kind of launch some of that stuff with you guys. But I have lots of ideas that I'm excited about and always looking for more coaching clients. If you want to DM me or send me an email. Um, and also just if you've been listening to the podcast and been loving what you've been hearing, I'd really appreciate if you left it a five-star review and a written review. If you do that, I will send you a voice memo just giving you a ton of compliments and who wouldn't want that? Um, yeah. And just like the reason that that is so important is because getting more reviews helps the show get onto charts. It helps more people be able to find the show versus just kind of finding it through Instagram and yeah, things like that. So I would really appreciate if you guys do that. Um, Yeah, it would mean a lot to me. So yeah, I kind of just want to get in today's show and kind of tell you more about our guest. But basically kind of what we're talking about is starting your own business and trusting your art and going kind of full time into that and what the transition process is like and what it's kind of like being your own boss and you know kind of having a career in like a bunch of different forms of art that you know society maybe tells us isn't possible and how to kind of like how to trust that and how to kind of move forward with that and make this career and this life that fits kind of who you really are and yeah just go for it so I feel like this episode's kind of for anyone that doesn't feel like they fit in that conventional mold or feels like they're a closeted artist or like any of those things and it was a really inspiring conversation for me as I've kind of been making this sort of transition so yeah I I think it'll be really helpful to a lot of you and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it So today's guest is Cliff Notes. Um, He's an award-winning multimedia artist, musician, organizer, and filmmaker. Cliff Notes' art is a continuous exploration of the black mind. Rooted in hip-hop, their art tackles the political and personal, exploring the intimate consequences of a society where black bodies are easily ignored, forgotten, or disregarded. Cliff's second full-length album, Why the Wild Things Are, was released on September 11, 2019. Their films have won over five and been selections for 20 and counting film festivals globally. In 2017, 
Cliff Notes was the grand prize winner of the March on Washington Festival and honored alongside Tanishi Coates. In 2018, Cliff Notes took home Best New Artist at the Boston Music Awards while ranking in over 11 nominations between 2019 and 2020, including Artist of the Year and Live Artist of the Year. In 2019, Cliff became the first musician to be named Musician of the Year for Boston Magazine, Best of Boston, and also listed in their 100 Most Influential Bostonians in 2020. Some more praise for Cliff Notes. Uh, Abrox, Cliff Notes is the humble hip-hop star uplifting everyone in Boston's music community. WBUR, Cliff Notes, explores duality, race, and mental health in his new album. Vanyaland, Cliff Notes, artistry unfolds at breakneck speed in Stevie's ribbon. Yeah, so that's just a little bit about today's guest, but I don't want to hold off any longer. So let's get into this amazing episode. All right. So the first question that I ask everyone, because it's the Finding Your Freedom podcast, is what have you been finding freedom from lately? Um, recently, I've been finding a lot of freedom in meditation um, and, and uh, food. Um, <laughs> uh, Meditation, I think, is more obvious in comparison to the latter because I feel like meditation is just based around that. And there's so many forms of it, and it can be so intimidating to start. But once you get into it, you're like, oh, this shit is everywhere. Um, So that's one thing. And then food is just like, I mean, I've been plant-based for over four years now, and I feel like I'm hitting like a new stride and where like i used to eat a lot of processed like fake fake meat sh- shit like stuff like that and now i've been going like more close to raw vegan and just really getting this closer sense to my body um for the first time in my life my doctor told me that i needed to lose weight um like a couple months ago which was like really shocking because i've always been really extremely thin (laughs) um and i mean it was only like five ten pounds but for me that was like what how did i even get here um but uh it's really like made me even more hyper focus on exactly what's going into my body which i think brings this new sense of freedom in itself definitely well it sounds like you're kind of finding freedom and like you know, purifying your body and purifying your mind. Um, What have been like some of the thoughts you've been like working through in meditation? Have there been any like specific things you've been finding freedom from? Um, Recently, uh, there's this Netflix show about meditation from Headspace um, that I've been watching and every episode is like a new form of meditation. And the second episode was like thinking on like, reflective meditation and like actually sitting down and thinking which is such a simple thing when you say it like when I when when I'm about to say sounds so simple but when I heard it it was like such a revelation it's just like really just sitting down and thinking and listening the things that you are grateful for um which is like a concept we say often thing like be grateful for things but to actually sit and meditate on it and clear your mind of all things except for that um is a really beautiful process um especially in my life like I'm always just like go 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 there's always so much happening 
um but to sit and be like so like I, I played this festival last week and usually i would sit and just like critique the whole show um for like a while after that but um i just sat and i thought of all the amazing things that happened and it was way more beneficial yeah yeah it's like it's so interesting and i i remember seeing the things you posted on like social media about the festival it's super interesting how like after we have an amazing experience instead of like soaking in the experience we go straight to critiquing how it could have been better so that sounds like super beneficial to kind of have that space and time and feel more grateful yeah absolutely and the third thing i would say that i've been finding freedom in is is therapy um i really love my therapist this is my fourth therapist in my life and uh, i mean my first therapist was like in high school um for like uh, uh like a year um so i didn't really know what that was but this therapist is like um yeah i feel like i'm actually making progress with with him yeah that's awesome i like love therapy so i'm glad to hear you have like a good therapist and (laughs) everything's going well they're hard to find they are i feel like it's hard to find i mean there are a bunch of amazing therapists but it's hard to find the ones that are like kind of open to like holistic methods and just i don't know don't like categorize you and put you in a box but like let you be kind of just like who you are yeah yeah like that's a great way to put it i think um i've only been with this therapist for like two months or actually maybe like three or four now Um, time is different these days but i think that that's definitely one of the things um is just feeling like you're in a safe space to talk to them definitely i was i was talking to a therapist yesterday doing like kind of a pre-interview for the podcast and she was basically saying like everyone needs like just someone who will, will listen in a safe way like they just need empathy and to know like I don't know someone believes in them and that will like transform their lives which is really mm-hmm. cool yeah it really is yeah well I'm super excited and intrigued to hear like more about your story and how this kind of business that you've started how this all took off because from the outside it just seems like you do so many different really cool and interesting things and I'm curious like what was what was the catalyst for this shift into what you're doing now into like full-time artistry yeah um I was I only worked one job um like one actual full-time job before that full-time job I was working like seven eight part-time jobs at the same time um (laughs) But uh, I worked this one job at the ICA. I was a full-time staff member there. And this was like back in 2015 to 2017. Yeah. Um, And working there, I got to work directly with some like really amazing artists. Like most of the artists that came through and exhibited or worked or did shows at the ICA I was working with. Um, and I think after a while, I was just like, you know what? I want to be one of (laughs) y'all as opposed to the guy who works with y'all. Um, and like, I was doing a lot of work outside, um, just like in my off hours when I wasn't working my 50, 60 hour work week, I was working on the stuff I was doing now and having a lot of success at it. And I was like, wow, this is the success that I'm garnishing when I'm just doing this in my spare time, what would happen if I did this full time? And I gambled. I (laughs) was like homeless for a few months. (laughs) And then things started falling back together. (laughs) Yeah. When you say homeless, do you mean like sleeping on your friend's couches or like actually? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was (laughs) on my friend's couches. Uh, Luckily I had, so I was actually in a relationship at the time, like a long-term relationship. And uh, I was technically living in DC, but I was working in Boston. So I was like constantly going back and forth. And 
and but I had no residence in Boston. Um, and then around the time of the shift, uh, I don't think my my partner agreed um, <laughs> with what I was doing, <laughs> and and she was like, "All right, peace." And I was like, "Wait, but where do I live?" <laughs> and she was like, "Not my problem." And I was like, "All right, cool." Um, luckily, I got uh, a res. Um, so that was like a year into being an art full time artist, but luckily I got a residency at Mass Mocha, my first museum residency, and. I got to live there for a month while I figured out where I was going to live next. Um, so that was like really divine timing. Um, but uh, yeah, there was, there was, that was probably the big shift was leaving the ICA. I mean, before that I was always just doing a ton of shit. Um, but I think uh, in that time in 2015, I was more focused on like, what you're supposed to do when you finish grad school, I guess, <laughs> like get a job, you know, work. For yeah. Someone, build a... What were like, I'm curious, like what were some of the fears that you were like thinking when you kind of like took the leap to go away from your full-time work? And then what were some of the things you were already working on, like just your music or was there like more that you had already like kind of set up when you left? I mean, I think the biggest fear was, the, the biggest fear was like, all right, yeah, like I have this equ- this math equation on how like I'm doing all right and I'm making a good amount of money on this like spare time work. And if I've, and I could like make this gamble and adjust, I mean, one, you, you I don't have health insurance anymore. So I have to figure out health insurance. And then I don't have that guaranteed biweekly thing that is going to be, um, paying for my rent and the other thing about like being a full-time artist is like with that annual salaries or the bi-weekly annual salary shit um is that you're gonna get paid and you can get paid nicely on some events but when you get paid is completely up to the other people <laughs> so it's like <laughs> there there are multiple times where i would be like my bank account would be overdraft but i know the value of what i'm owed is probably like in the tens to twenties of thousands of dollars and i just have none of the money because it's like all in like this one place takes like six to seven weeks to pay out this other place is, and it's just like a mess so um it took a while to kind of balance that and figure out how i could maintain a consistent like all right my rent's paid whatever and then like whenever this other money comes in it's cool i'm not worried about money in that way took a while to get to that point um but uh i think that that was uh a big growing point too was just like finance like I have a master's degree and still I have no, like no educate, like formal education on how to be financially solvent. And I had to go out and like spend that amount of, like that was part of my job now. It was like part of my nine to five was going and learning about how to do my taxes, learning about accounting and learning how to hire an accountant and all this other stuff. And so, yeah. Definitely. Did you always like, I guess in full-time or the part-time work, did you always kind of feel like constrained and like you, you just always knew you wanted to do something on your own and have kind of like the freedom to create like on your own terms? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's even more frustrating when you're working with people who are not constrained. Like I'm working with like Steve McQueen and I'm seeing what he's doing with 12 years a slave. And I'm like, Oh, like having these conversations with him. And I'm like, I'm so close to what you're doing, but I have to manage this nine to five or like seven to 11, whatever the hours were. (laughs) Um, And like, I was a, a slave to the job in in a way, like I had to do the job in order to maintain these bills. And you can, I, I started to quickly see how I could get into this cycle, especially seeing a lot of my older coworkers who I I respect a lot. Um, And that's the life that they had wanted was to have this kind of security. Um, And like, it it takes a bit of risk and gambling and being like, no, you're not going to have that security to get that type of freedom, Um, which is, you know, capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting because it's the balance between, 
security versus freedom and like what's more important to you and like for a lot of people it is security and I feel like Mm -hmm. for me as well it's like it is freedom um obviously like the name of this podcast (laughs) my first question that makes sense but it is I feel like it is hard and maybe because I'm in a place of like knowing that I want to do that I feel like I've just found a lot of people that are in that transition period and like doing the thing on the side but never sure like like what do you think about like when is the right time to go on your own like (laughs) I don't know if there is a right time um uh because I mean I I thought over all the times like I mean like the transition wasn't gonna wasn't I don't know if there's like a perfect time to be like boom this is the right time to do it I'm going full-time artist tomorrow I'm gonna be great it's always a transition I mean it's like it's like the matrix um (laughs) like have you ever seen the matrix um I haven't (laughs) you haven't wow I'm like the only person alive who has not seen The Matrix. <laughs> I've seen that movie so many times, like both willingly and unwillingly. Like it was part of like so many classes that I took from like middle school to high school all the way on to grad school. Um, but uh, let me think of a better analogy. Um, I feel like everyone else has seen The Matrix and I've like heard enough about it. I feel like I can understand. Well, it's like. <laughs> Neo goes through this like whole transition where he's like, all right, I'm going to take the red pill, the blue pill, where you stay in the matrix and you stay in this regular monotonous thing and you don't really see what else the future could be and what the world actually is. Or you go into the other. I forgot which one was red or blue. And then um, he takes the one where it's like, I'm going to be free. But once he goes free, like his immediate like transition into it is terrible. He's like the food shit here. I don't like I like we dress like nothing like and there's like no real benefits until he starts to learn about how to use it to his advantage and kind of work his way to becoming the one where he has like these superpowers and he could do all this amazing stuff. And I think that that's part of it when you're transitioning out of like this is it's more than trans like that ideal of that life that I was going for and just like uh from getting a master's degree and working at this really high class museum is like that's the part of the american dream or whatever that's like what we're taught to follow through ever since we're a kid and in the same way it's the same way as like being vegan like um like we're taught about meat like we don't really learn about the the other opportunities or things that you can do with your diet and once you transition um you have to get rid of that 25 years of life that taught you all of these things and these ideals um you say the same thing about toxic masculinity (laughs) um and like once you break the cycle and you're like wait this masculinity is not good for me you have to go through a lot of unlearning and learning to become the better person that you actually can be you're never going to just wake up and like my toxic masculinity is gone i am the perfect man (laughs) like (laughs) it takes a while Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. And I think it it speaks to like entrepreneurship and like starting a business and like doing your own thing is like a form of like personal growth or personal development or like spirituality. Like it's a, it's like a spiritual practice to do that because like part Mm -hmm. of believing in yourself and believing that you can like be independent on your own is like, it's a huge leap and a huge like unlearning of everything that we've learned in our society. Yeah. I think, I mean, Instagram is is a liar in a lot of different ways. I mean, I do do a lot of different things, but a majority of my actual time and what I do in my life is spent like literally just learning um, and, and studying. I don't think I've been more obsessed with learning and researching and expanding my understanding of the world now than in any of the time that I went to school. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that I want like a life where I keep learning and like the majority of my time is spent continual, continually learning. I mm-hmm. think there's like, this is probably like kind of a cheesy quote, but there was some quote about like plants. It's like, if they stop growing, they die. And like, that's how humans are too. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. That's so true. Maybe that's <laughs> why I got all these plants. <laughs> that's why you have all the plants. Um, um, yeah. I think, um, that's a great that's a great metaphor for sure. I think that that's the truth. You have to keep growing. You have to keep you can't 
stay the same person forever. Yeah. So it, it sounds like kind of with your process, did it take time to like trust, like trust your art and like trust your potential or like kind of like what was that process or like how did you how did you know to trust that or trust your intuition? Hmm. I don't know, because to be honest, I still don't trust my art. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, no, the way I understand my art is is very different. Um, so it, it was less I, I started to learn to trust putting out very specific kinds of art but otherwise kind of the my biggest or at least before I learned about communication um my biggest like form of communication was my art um so that was always just like a no-brainer for me it kind of like just happened um in in the many ways that I tried to do it I think I started to trust how like I think I put out this meme the other day um, when Kanye didn't drop his uh, his EP or his album. Um, it's just like Kanye sleeping on his on his couch. He's like he deleted the album, LMAO, and it's just like a snapshot. <laughs> um, it's like that was me. I used to make so much stuff, and then like when it became came down to the pressure of like putting it out, I would just be like, all right, nah. And I'd have to take like lots of convincing to put it out the, um, until I started just collaborating with other people. And I was like, damn, I can't I can't not put this out because there's so many other people working with it. So once I got through that, so a lot of the work that I work on with other people will come up with the individual projects like my f individual album um, was kind of in 2017, 17. Um, that first album was uh it was deleted like three times, um, <laughs> but luckily I had like Dropbox and they kept finding it and they kept convincing me to put it out. And, um, <laughs> but uh, I think that nowadays there's just, there's definitely like a big importance between the differentiation between Cliff Notes, the artist and me, the real person and kind of keeping that real person to myself. Um, uh, like, I believe when like you even met me, you, I don't even think you knew anything about like my artwork at all. No, um, no, I didn't. It's like how I kind of prefer because it's just like so much else going on and it could just become really confusing and um, and just like not confusing, but overwhelming, I think maybe at least in my perspective. So I'm like, let me just keep these separate for now. Um, so that's that was part of the growing process, even getting to that point. Um, and I think a lot of it is because my artwork is so personal, or at least my individual artwork is so personal. So like when people are looking at artwork from 2017 and I'm talking about like these really dark times in my life and I'm over here having a great time and, and like someone comes up to me and having this conversation based on this understanding of who I was in 2017, it could be very different. Um, so yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of just talked for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely did. And you brought up like a lot of like other interesting points and like something I've thought about too is, and I've heard like other people that have podcasts or like artists or any, like any platform where you're sharing a lot of like personal information. It's like, it's like you want to meet people and then like appreciate that part of you, but it's like, you don't want to it's not like you're not like wanting to like date fans of like the person that you were in 2017. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean that could, that's a slippery slope. Um, <laughs> like I've grown. It's been four years. I've grown a lot. <laughs> Definitely. Ideally. I'm sure you have. And um, <laughs> I know like other writers were talking about like when they put out their first book, it's like such a scary process and like putting yourself out there in that way, especially if it's some sort of like memoir or something like that it's so scary yeah it, yeah and and books are different because like you put the book and like nobody may even see your face but I had to perform and tour that album in different countries <laughs> and like 
the album is like very important to my growth but like it's at least the very first album was it's just like way darker than at least the stuff that i do now um and it's because that's where i was mentally um and after a while i had to like make a conscious effort that's when i started to make the second project was because i was like I don't want to keep performing these sad ass songs every day. <laughs> like, um, like I need to be in a happier space. And maybe if I'm even performing these happier songs, I'll probably be in a happier space. Cause I know for damn sure there was plenty of shows, but I would end the show crying and be in a bad space. And I'm like, that was needed at that point. But I'm like, I don't need to revisit that, especially when I've already been past that. Um, so kind of just, speaking that energy or that positive energy into existence has been a major turning point from that first project to the second project. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. I think, I think like comparing it with my podcast, I feel like I've talked about like dark mental health moments, but like, like with a book, it's like, I put it out there and then I don't repeatedly say it over and over again. I think, Mm that would be a lot. And with a podcast too, it's like you put it out there and then there's like, there's no interaction with the people unless someone messages you versus like on stage sharing in that way is like really, really vulnerable. Yeah. And the, the pro like I even made a film about this whole concept um, of like, it's so like, I also have a a, a large background in film and being an actor um, and like, that is troubling because when I'm on stage, I'm just like engulfed in that character that I created. And it's like, you think about like people like Daniel Day-Lewis or um, Joaquin Phoenix or uh, like, have you ever heard of like method acting? Like when people like don't break character whatsoever, like even off screen. Um, That's kind of what my life was going into. So much so where I made this film about this guy who was a method actor who couldn't break his method acting um, with, and it was just like this whole conversation with him and his uh, wife. And like the meta of me being a method actor, playing this method actor about this film, it was just like such a mind fuck. And I think at that point I was like, all right, you gotta chill. You gotta chill <laughs> Like you've mastered it. People probably won't even understand that this is happening until years later. Like let's just let's just chill for a bit and let's make some separation between the characters that you have in your life um whereas before it was like i was living all of those characters um and now i'm like well the weekend isn't actually the weekend abel is a completely different character so yeah yeah that's that's super super interesting it's like you need that separation, but then it's like also that thing where it's it's like you want to be yourself in every character and role, but like the personal self versus the business self versus like the performing self is all like a different type of self. And it's like you want all of those types of self to be authentic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which is interesting. But I'd love to talk about, I guess you said the first album that came out was kind of from like a dark moment or like a dark time. Um, Mm -hmm. What was kind of, what was kind of going on then? And like, how did making the album or like making art kind of help make sense of that time in a way? Well, I mean, that was, that album came out. All right. Let me think about this. That album came out July 4th, 2017. Yeah, and I, I left my job maybe a few months later. Um, and yeah, so that was part of it was I was just mentally going through it with the job was just taking way too much out of me. Um, and obviously my relationship was on the rocks and my brother uh, was struggling with bipolar depression. Um, and it was to the extreme. Um, he was He was hospitalized several times in and out eventually got on drugs but he was just never really the same person again so it was all of that um and so like i speak of all of those things and a lot of those are external things but how i was processing them was like as a film director almost and just kind of just soaking it in and just living in each of these moments entirely and not necessarily processing how um i was going through it um except unless through the music that was because like 
when you think about it, I rarely had time. I was in this full-time relationship where I was living with someone. I was in this full-time job. So that was where my other time was going. And then the only other free time I had was to just make some songs or work on some films. So it's not like I really ever had time to process. I was just doing, 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 doing. And that's kind of what happened. That's what the first album was, was just me kind of processing out loud what was happening. And I don't think I realized that's what it was until like a year after that. And like, somewhere on tour in the UK and being like, oh shit, <laughs> you got to go to therapy, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think that that's what it was. And after, I mean, yeah, uh, subsequently, like I lost the job or I didn't lose the job, I left the job. Um, I lost the girl and my brother passed away um, the next year, all in the next year. Um, and that's so like it was like rock bottom, technically speaking. But at the same time, I was already conscious of like the stuff that I put myself through on that first project. And now that I lost everything that kind of uh, went into that first project and I was already trying to make something happier, it made something like this whole it was like it was a clusterfuck. 2018 was a wild year. Um, and but at the same time. I'm like getting all of these awards um, and all, like my brother passed like 10 days after I won my first Boston music award. Um, and it was like, I really, it was like super quick ups and down. And I found myself back in that space where I was just doing and not necessarily processing. So that's when I luckily got to go to mass mocha and not worry about anything, not worry about bills, not worry about where I was living and just work on art for a month. And it literally saved my life. Wow. Yeah, that's super, super profound and super intense. And I'm I'm so sorry about your brother and just that whole time, like. I appreciate it. Yeah, it sounds like a really like dark and complicated time with like weird moments of also good things happening. It just sounds like a lot to process at one time. Yeah, I just remember thinking like my Instagram is blowing up and um I don't give a shit. <laughs> like um like like I don't care. Um and it just was a lot. And I think that it was even confusing for my fans too because it would be like a really dope post about how I'm like featured in this Boston magazine thing or whatever, but then on my Instagram stories I'm like like spiraling publicly um so it's like <laughs> it, it was it took a lot of time to really just sit and be like all right you're alone now what does this mean who are you and how are you going to figure this out yeah and taking the time and like moving forward from all of mm -hmm. that yeah um luckily therapy was there um uh, and I kind of just found these new things to kind of adopt um, and things to focus on and things that I'd never thought to focus on, like myself, <laughs> um, like taking care of myself. Like, what is that? Like now is switching again. What's my job? And my nine to five is taking care of myself. And, and like, I'm the business. Um, and like, I'm responsible for all of these employees now. And I need to take care of myself in the same way that I would take care of a job in the same way that I would take care of uh, an album. And what does that look like in a nine to five? And that has been game changing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And that's so important. Like, I feel like, I feel like having a business and doing all these things without, without like taking care of yourself, without like doing therapy and like working through all these limiting beliefs on your stuff, not being like good enough or yeah, just like, it, I feel like it seems so simple, but it's actually so revolutionary when we're like, oh, like I'm allowed to take care of myself. And like, I actually have to, mm -hmm. because it's gotten to a rock bottom point where I'm like mm -hmm. doing everything to avoid myself. Yeah. And it's interesting because rock bottom is an interesting term because like to the public I'm doing really well and financially doing all right and doing I'm doing the things but mentally it was the rock bottom um 
and not even realizing what that was 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 interesting um i think one of the game changers was just like i mean having that month to just sit and and think um and i'm grateful too because i I just found out that um i'm going back there for my second residency in september so I'm, i'm like excited to like figure out like well where am i at now like what are my needs now it's been three years it's been two years um who are you now and how can you better yourself like what's the next thing um i think I've, I've always never been worried about all right so the next thing i'm gonna say is probably because it's leo season um so <laughs> so like take that, with a grain of, <laughs> take that with a grain of salt but um i'm never usually this this outwardly confident but i've never been questioning of like the amount of talent that i have but more so on how well i'm utilizing those talents um and so like in my head i have this record player that goes from either you are the greatest thing since sliced bread or you are absolute trash but nobody knows about the other side um at least artistically speaking um but it's the thing that does show is how well i'm utilizing and how much i'm putting into it and doubting like did i actually do my best on this and was was this really the best way that i could put this project together or whatever okay yeah that is that is interesting and it i feel like it's good that you had the the core belief of like knowing that you have talent but then it's like the the details and the putting it together and utilizing yeah. it where you can kind of get uh maybe perfectionistic on things yeah or yeah or just like really hypercritical of myself because i did not spend 20 hours working on a film one day or something like that and so like yeah hypercritical in that way in a lot of different ways or hypercritical when I make a small mistake on something and be like you shouldn't have done that you're the greatest ever who are you (laughs) um so it's like it's confidence but it's confidence with the caveat (laughs) yeah it's a little bit of like confidence like dependent on performance exactly exactly yeah so like self-compassion is important (laughs) then there you go that's that's the term (laughs) that's the word that's the word but um yeah it's super interesting I think like it sounds like kind of your whole life you thought of yourself as like an artist like I'm curious like some of your Mm. friends is that true have you always thought of yourself as an artist (laughs) uh no I was like a closeted artist for a lot (laughs) of my life Uh, (laughs) um so like I'm very tall and that was for a major reason for a long time. Uh, like I was a, a a basketball player first above everything. I was an athlete, like hardcore jock athlete. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was a large part of my life. I mean, always on the background, like I was always part of choirs. I always did a lot of after school programs. I was involved with the arts throughout my entire life. But in my jock life, nobody really knew about that i couldn't let them know um (laughs) so it was like two completely separate lives um until uh, i tore my acl in college for the first time and then i was like oh shit like nba may not be a thing what's next like what can i start it was it's always these i had this conversation about um these like transition points in my life with my therapist earlier but it's oh like i always find myself like all right so NBA is not going to work. What can I put this energy that I used to put into basketball into other things? And for that, at that point was school and, and being able to use school to utilize it, to put me in the higher power, whatever the, the dream they sell you when you go to college. So I started majoring in music. Um, and then I told my ACL again and I was like, Oh, it's really done. Um, <laughs> ended up playing like semi-pro basketball for a while and playing in pro-am leagues and stuff like that but like always just for fun um which was probably saved my love for basketball because at that point when it was becoming more of a job I was like eh, I'm not into this um but 
but yeah like art was always just like a background thing until i had no till i felt like i had no other option with basketball and then i was like all right let me just see what happens when i put this into it let me go and get my bachelor's in this and get my master's and see where it takes me um using the same work ethic that i would put into basketball yeah yeah that's super interesting the whole like because i feel like it is rare to meet people that are like at a young age like so like invested in being an artist like i feel like a lot of people are kind of like closeted artists because they're Mm -hmm. told like you can't be successful and you can't make money through your art so you better be good at either like school or sports or something else because you can't actually be an artist that's the only reason why i went and got my master's and it was to like prove to my parents i was like listen i'm gonna go and i'm gonna get my doctorate i'm gonna be a doctor it's gonna be a doctor of music but i'm a doctor Um, (laughs) and it's just like proving to them all this stuff that like all this like capitalistic bullshit that is formed around it but (laughs) luckily um it gave me a lot of the tools to understand the capitalistic world that we're in to navigate it to the way that I want to. Um, There's definitely a ton of shit that I got from grad school that helped me understand the world um, and how it's all bullshit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Yeah. What, what print, like how has that changed the way you navigate the capitalistic kind of world? Oh, so once I got my master's degree and then I started like, be when I became a college professor I was like okay now I'm in the system now it's time for me to burn this system down I love <laughs> um, it <laughs> so <laughs> because it's like I felt like I had this the tools I had this the secrets that they that they don't give people like me um unless you figure out a way to get a scholarship and pay for this higher learning shit um, like I was able to do um, and once I did that, I was like, all right, I know a lot of people that are just as talented as me, but don't have these opportunities because they don't have these papers and they just don't understand like some of the things that the world purposely hides from them. And I was like, I want to get rid of all of that shit. Um, and uh, and the only way for me to do it is from the inside. And they keep giving me these these secrets and they don't I don't think they understand what they're doing. Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's probably how it really changed for me was like, I, I got, I got a seat at the table. Um, I remember feeling like such a badass when I like was like sitting at like, like when I got my first like hand tattoos, it was like such a fuck you to the capitalistic system because, um, like I was told when I was younger, people with hand tattoo, like t- a bunch of tattoos don't get in these places. And I just be in these meetings like, yeah, tell me more about that, huh? <laughs> and like, just really show like, and being like, and knowing that I had the same power, if not more than a lot of the other people that look nothing like me in the room was just like really important to me. And like, because I knew that this is what needed to happen for the rest of people like me to be able to make some type of change in the world. So really just pushing back on the system, knowing how the system works uh, and without being like breaking it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I like, so resonate with, it's kind of like telling people like the secrets of like, you can do this on your own. You are talented. Like you don't have to go with this narrative because they just want you to like work for the system. Mm-hmm. you don't have to do any of that and like I don't know it's super inspiring to like be that person for people and especially like be in the role of a professor so you're getting these people that are like younger and you can kind of like oh they give love them these it. secrets <laughs> they love it I'm like a popular teacher because I'm very much <laughs> fuck the system like I start my classes and I might like my superiors at all the colleges that teach know this except for one college we got into some beef about it but then i exposed them via twitter and they have been so apologetic ever since um amazing but but like um yeah like i will start all my classes and being like listen i'm not your regular college professor fuck this school fuck all everything that you've learned you're in my class i'm going to treat this differently there are certain rules you have to follow but how we're going about things is way different and i wish like i had a couple professors like that um that i'm still very close with to this day and like um i wanted to be that for them like being someone who's really close to them in age and being like listen i just did this shit like three years ago um trust me on this uh 
I think has raised my stock at a few of these colleges, at least amongst the students. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. Like I, I love, I don't know. I love teaching too. I only taught like one class in my master's, but it was just so fun to like, I don't know, just interact with these people that were like used to be in your shoes. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's just like super exciting and like, I don't know, inspiring and cool. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's uh, it's uh, it, I mean, teaching is like the ultimate learning tool for me personally um one because like whatever I'm teaching I feel like I have to master so I spend just a lot of time just studying the subjects that I'm teaching and then at the same time like the students that I have will just completely turn anything that I had on and my lessons on their head with some new thing and just teach me some shit so um I really love it uh I do it very uh, I've been pulling back from how much I've been teaching recently just because we're um, working on a lot of projects but um, I'm still really close with a lot of the students that I've had so far and like still giving them advice on stuff and having students that are also just all artists is also really dope yeah they can come work for you too they have and they do (laughs) yeah that's awesome I love that I'm curious about how you um how you called out someone on twitter i'm like what was what was that like? oh <laughs> uh i'm not gonna say the school um, yeah but um i'd bleep it out if you said it anyway so. yeah but this school <sighs> what was it what was it which school was it oh, <laughs> i've done this so many times <laughs> um <laughs> uh which school um Okay, so, oh, it was around COVID shit, um, yeah. and they they put they did some foul shit and just really proved that they were using me, and I was like, oh, hold up, if y'all using me, this needs to be a way bigger check because like. You would see the posters of like I was teaching one class at the school, but they have posters of me all over the school, like just like take this class, take this class, blah 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 blah. Like I only get like ten spots in my class anyway, so it's like very much like a visual. Like we have this young black hip hop teacher, like whatever that gets their donors going fucking ape shit because they love it. and I'm like, all right, I see what's happening. And then what ended up happening was they just really did some stuff that really made me feel not considered. And it was like, I think they put one of my classes in person, like during the pandemic. And it just I had to go through this whole shit. Um, and I actually didn't say anything directly to them about them. Um, but I remember like saying something about like, uh, like I've been very silent about like how this school has been treating me. Um, and I, I've been getting a lot of requests to like do interviews on this, but like, don't worry, I'm not going to like, I, I know what I'm doing or whatever. And it was just like very much like a threat and it just went wild. And like the, the their papers were reaching out and I, I never responded after that. Um, and it was just very freeing just knowing that like, that job which i would have like been freaking out to keep like three or four years ago was just so disposable to me um and and i knew that my value to them was way more than what they were giving me and it just was a very growing point and i think that uh usually we're just taught to just like kind of suck it up and do what we need and i was like nah, and that's uh, this isn't what i need (laughs) um and so i moved on um and they still are offering me teaching positions that I continue to turn down (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that that is awesome and you're so right that like with a job recently I kind of had the advice of like basically saying that it was a really like bad environment and all of these things and family members be like you stay at any job no matter what Mm -hmm. to get a first like reference letter and I'm like so you are supposed to endure like emotional abuse for yeah, a reference letter like, like what yeah that, that don't make no sense I don't, I don't need a reference letter from any of these people like yeah. I, like I'm, I'm fine completely without this school like the only thing that i like at this point my resume doesn't even matter to me like like 
not having this once like I don't even put half of the schools I I don't use resumes anymore (laughs) like it doesn't matter in my life anymore (laughs) so um it was just like such an eye-opening thing. I was like, oh, I'm not in the system. I don't need anything to get back into the system. I'm out. Peace. I'm on to my next endeavor. And I'll trash you in the process just to raise my <laughs> just because I can and it will not hurt me. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing, too. So it speaks to freedom. It's like you have the financial freedom and like the freedom in your own workplace to like stand up firmly for what you believe in because it's like you weren't dependent on that one job. So you had to endure mm-hmm. that. Like, that is super freeing to be like, you know what? I know what I'm worth and I am worth a lot more than the way I'm being treated. And I have the the money and the capability and the like resources to walk away. And I think that's like super powerful because a lot of people. Yeah. It, it, became so, it became so obvious when it even came down to like the emails, like them even emailing to meet with me to talk about this. Like I wouldn't answer for like a week because I had no time to answer these emails. And like, I was not interested in making an hour long appointment for like this job that like pays chump change in comparison to the other stuff that I do. And I was like, oh, like they think I need this, that, that I need to be here. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I have no, no need to be here. I'm going, I'm doing y'all a favor being here. So, um, and I don't think that they realize that, or at least I don't think that they knew that I knew that I was doing them a favor. And I think that they're used to like being the ones in power and be like, we're a prestigious university that'll give you an amazing recommendation letter to go right at other schools. And I'm like, I teach at three other schools that are better than your school. So this is fine. (laughs) So this is fine without me. Yeah. When, I don't know, I guess like when you're younger and it's like, even in your thirties, when you're younger, when you like know your worth, especially in like, I mean, there could be a whole episode on issues and like academia, but like they don't know how to react to that. Mm-hmm. They're used to people just wanting to climb like the ladder of prestige. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm busy creating my own ladder. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. That's amazing. Um, well, yeah, this has been great. I guess like to end out, I have like, two kind of questions I'm curious like how kind of the past year with COVID has kind of changed some things for you and then like the Mm. last thing to end off on is like any like advice or like words of wisdom to people that like don't feel like they fit in the conventional mold are artistic and like what steps can they start kind of like taking to explore um like that within themselves um COVID was hard as shit and also like very revealing in a lot of different ways like I'm alive I'm doing well my company's doing well but I think that it was another transition point where I mean I've talked about these these times where I've like what is my nine to five and where am I switching that energy to and I think that this was a great time for me personally because it was like all right I'm not doing shows which in 20 what was 2019 that was like a large part of my income so I needed to shift my energy from doing shows into whatever else was going to help us survive and I think that that was a great thing because it was like now I know how to live like in the same way that I was before without doing shows which is dangerous because um <laughs> like there are people who expect me to do shows and now I'm like I don't really need to do them so I, I might do this like what's every book but um uh but yeah I think that that was important and and just the larger aspect of just like refocusing and being able to run like be hit with a major punch like that and be able to pivot and still continue to grow um and and do well as a, as a company and as a business and as an individual as well um so i think that that was a big thing um for me i also think it was it's obviously the most that i've spent time alone eh, no that's a lie i'm usually pretty alone um but it was the most that i had no reason to go and hang out with other people um so it really was a even deeper dive into uh, just my self-care and understanding of of my mental health, um, which I think I've made probably the largest and 
biggest strides in in my life like um the other day i was just telling my therapist i was like i haven't had a pimple in like two or three years and like i used to have really bad skin um and i think that that was a big part of just like the journey of understanding how to take care of myself both just like having my facial routine but also just like the stress that would cause outbreaks or whatever and being able to manage that i think that that's that's a huge sign of that um so i think that that's been big for for covid um I'm pretty sure we're about to go through another one, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, I know I am not. Uh, I'm I like just like... watching these Rolling Loud and Lollapalooza videos, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is. I don't know if this is gonna end. I feel like we're gonna rewatch these videos from Lollapalooza on like John Oliver in a in a few months and be like, how did we get here? Obviously, we had fifteen. 50,000 festival, uh, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> um, what was your second question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to see us go back in that other direction, but I'm mm. like, I had a moment yesterday with COVID and then I'll get to the next question. A moment mm. yesterday where I was like, you know what? Like I reincarnated to be here for this experience. So I'm, I'm strapped in and like, whatever yeah. the fuck happens <laughs> the next year, like, oh, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, now I think I'm just like, all right, I know what what quarantine lockdown is. Like, I'm just starting to set plans. Like, how can I really maximize at this point um, and try and get ahead of it? Because I feel like if it's not now, it might be in 20, 30 years. And I'd rather just be ahead of the curve. Um, yeah. But Weird. we're here for a reason. <laughs> like, Yeah. Said. Here for a reason for everything to, like, break down during this time and, like, people to return to themselves too and like self-care like I think a lot of people had a hard year the past year but a lot of people like had to like sit with themselves alone for like the first time they had ever done that mm-hmm. and I think that was like a big um shift for a lot of people but my last question to kind of like in this off on is like just any advice for people that feel like they don't fit into like the conventional mold of like nine to five and like feel like they are artistic but are like wanting or feeling trapped and like wanting to get out of that system like any advice for that i think this is gonna sound uh, what's the word i'm thinking of this is gonna sound like opposite of what sounds like should be the right thing but like you're in this system of this nine to five thing is um but i think one of the first things is starting to dissect the system that you in and really that you're in and really start to think about like well what like literally make a list of like what are the things within the system that you like what are the things in the system that you don't like and then like start to build the system of your own and and take the things that you don't like from that system and the things that you do like you you like job you like job security so money is one of those things well how much money what is the money that uh, creates that job security and really start to do the math on those things and start to think well what are, what are the things that i can do outside of this job to create that job security so it's literally creating a system of your own in a way um and the only way to understand that system and how to build one is by dissecting and really analyzing the system that you're already in um we already naturally uh take things from what we've already experienced so to really jump into that experience and and pull from that is going to be way easier than you think um plus it just i mean going doing that in therapy is also a major plus because then you have somebody else walking you and talking you through it um and i think that that was huge for me at that point was really sitting looking back at my job and being like all right what the fuck is going on (laughs) that's my advice (laughs) figure out what the fuck is going on (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's I think that's true and I think it like speaks to the fact that this like that process is like a process of like self-inquiry and like what are your strengths like what are your weaknesses and like how can you make a system that works for you and how can you like tune in and tap into like what your unique gifts are whatever they may be yeah that's literally it it's just figure out the system 
um figure out the figure out what what you are figure out who you are as a system and and then try to turn yourself into the machine you don't have to stay the machine the whole entire time and this machine will look the any way you want it doesn't have to look as corporate as that other machine that you're in it could be filled with plant-based diets and therapy <laughs> amazing amazing well thank you so much for this this has been super fun and exciteful and i'm sure this is gonna like help and inspire a lot of people that are feeling stuck and in this kind of transitional period so i'm super excited that we got to talk and make this happen for sure um thanks for having me (laughs) 